Hey guys, it's Mari Juliet with the Evolution of Confidence podcast. Thank you for joining. Today we're going to be talking specifically about a topic that's been on my mind a lot, and it's the fact that women speaking about finances is so taboo. Even though we have come a long way, I still feel like, you know, the comparison to when a man posts about finances, investing, money, anything like that, it's seen as you know, something to be praised, something to be celebrated. If they post their private jet, if they post their nice car, it's like, yeah, bro, like do your thing, go. Like everybody loves that. Um, But I find when a woman posts it, it's seen as very taboo. It's seen as very like impolite to talk about. It's tacky um, and everybody has something negative to say about it. Um, When in reality, in order for women to really gain equality that we're looking for we have to be financially literate and the way to do that is to talk about money it's really important to be in the know of what you should be investing in um where you should be putting your money there's so much uh, marketing in society to women that's all about buying designer handbags buying you know a nice watch nice hair nice nails all of these things but When it comes to actually saving, investing, and utilizing your money in a way that's going to set you up for financial freedom and set you up for financial stability, it's very hard to come across. Of course, there's creators out in the space that talk about this, but what I've found is that the amount of women that I know personally that either are the breadwinners or um, make the same amount as their husbands or they split the bill all the time, they don't have a joint account all of those kind of things are very, very common and it's not well represented because not a lot of people, again, feel comfortable posting about those things or talking about those things because we've been told that it's impolite and it's not ladylike to speak about money. So let's kind of get into ways that we can break the mold and and get more comfortable talking about it because again the more we discuss it and the more women that come out and say hey I actually am the breadwinner hey I actually do you know bring home the bacon and am a mom and do this and that like it's just inspiring to see I can't tell you how many women I've been inspired by that have lived that lifestyle that would never ever post about it on social media but just between us like I know that they make more money than their counterpart and it's not a big deal But to everybody, it seems like women that bring home the bacon and bring home money are like unicorns. Like when I post that, people are like, wow, I can't believe like they can't even believe that I pay my own way when in reality, there's so many women that do and have for several, several decades. Um, So let's get into how we can get more comfortable talking about this subject. Now, I want to start off by saying that every woman and man's uh, goals are completely different for their lives this is not to say that every woman should be the breadwinner that every woman should pay their own way and be 50 50. this is kind of just giving a voice to the people that do that already and hopefully this will resonate with you and then people that have that as a goal because i know that growing up i all i really wanted was to be independent and like pay for my own things get a job as soon as i could when i was 15 i was like i'm gonna work for Publix and bag groceries like i could not wait to get a job and pay for my own things so that no one could like hold control over me and say oh well i pay for this oh well i pay for that 
was like, no, I pay for my own stuff. You, you know, we're on an even playing field, if that makes sense. That was just my personal goal. And I've always had that mindset. Um, my husband now, he does very well. Like, you know, in theory, he could support both of us. But that's not the lifestyle that I was looking for. And it's never the lifestyle that I expected. Um, when I met him, I had no idea how much he made. I didn't know until like three years in. Because, you know, for me, it's like, what is what are my goals? And how am I going to make the money that I want to make? Honestly, when I found out how much he made, I was like, okay, I got to make that or more. Just because I'm competitive. But anyway, the point is, it works differently for everyone. Um, you know, a lot of men do want to provide. And that's what they grew up you know, knowing and believing and thinking, okay, I have this responsibility to provide. And as women, we have to look at that side too, because we can't always be the victim. We can't always be, you know, of course we've gone through a lot. Of course, there's a long way to go for us to be seen as equals. And there are a lot of days where I get very frustrated with the feedback that I get. Just the fact that people don't believe that you could accomplish these things on your own. It just makes you think like how ignorant can these people be that they don't really believe that a woman's brain is just as capable as a man's brain that a woman's body is just as capable to do work as a man is but the more our voices are heard the more people stand up and say hey this isn't even playing field we can both make it um but also understand like men do have that pressure of automatically feeling like okay i have to be the provider this is my role and, you know, it's on my shoulders. I've always kind of thought about that where I'm like, you know, that has to be a lot of pressure to to just be like, okay, I have to financially support a wife and kids, however many kids that we have, and it's on me. And whatever my wife brings in is going to be like extra for her. And that kind of brings me to the mentality that I've heard a lot, which is like, his money is my money and my money is my money. And... You know, again, I'm never going to judge somebody else's way of life and way um, of splitting their income and all that stuff. But we have to see the other side, too. We cannot just have everything (laughs) and keep everything to ourselves and be like, you know, selfish. You got to think of the other side and say, okay, well, if I'm going to contribute financially, what things do I not have to do, honestly? Like, I was listening to a podcast one time um, from the Skinny Confidential. <coughs> Sorry, I'm getting over being sick. But it really resonated with me because I put so much pressure on myself, like, because I didn't really know how to cook. Um, I knew how to clean, but I didn't love cleaning. Like, I'm just not a Susie homemaker. I'm not going to be, like, making scrapbooks. I'm not going to be framing pictures all over the house. Like, that's just not... That's not me. So that I struggled with that for a while because I just didn't feel like I was upholding what was expected of me. When I listened to the Skinny Confidential, actually, they were talking about cooking. And she's like, I don't cook because I don't have to. Like, I work and that's enough. Like, I can pay for, you know, food if I want to and, and you know, go to a restaurant or whatever. But I'm not putting the pressure on myself to cook and work and do all these other things. And that was so relieving for me to hear another woman say that, because I was like, damn, like, that's true. Like, I work my ass off. Why do I have to cook also? Why do I have to, like, have a hot meal ready for my husband after I've worked a full day just like him? 
So it's give and take. Obviously, it's going to be different for every relationship. Just understand that it is up to you. You do create your life and you have the ability to put your foot down and say, hey, I know that society expects me to cook and clean and be the housewife and be the stay-at-home mom, but that's not what I want to do. You know, like I... I love being with my son and I cherish every moment with my son and I really just work and hang out with my son. That's pretty much all I do. But I love working. Working is my passion. Working is my happy place. So if I didn't have that, I wouldn't be the best mom to my son because I wouldn't be 100% there mentally. I would be kind of resentful that I couldn't go after my career and that, you know, this was a life that was kind of chosen for me by society. Okay, so we know that the problem is that financial literacy for women, it's just not promoted that much, and it's kind of a newer, um, not concept, but, you know, it's not talked about enough, in my opinion. So I'm going to give you guys some tangible tips that I've used to create financial literacy in my life, to save, and to prepare for my own future, whether it's, you know, with somebody or not. That's always the goal is for me is to just know that I can live on my own if I had to, that I don't have to stay in a relationship because of finances. And the way that I've saved, honestly, is changing my mindset about money. Um, I remember one time I was talking to a friend and she's like, I just love to work and then see that money like rise in my account. And I was like, damn, that's like a great way to look at it and somebody else might hear that and think oh you're money hungry and blah 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 but you're changing your mindset from saving is negative and I need retail therapy in order to feel good to I feel good when I see my account rising and I feel more stable I have less anxiety and I know that on a rainy day I could pay for something because I didn't blow it on a Gucci purse I'm not saying I don't own a Gucci purse okay but At the end of the day, it took me a long time to even get comfortable buying those things for myself because I wanted to have that nest egg and I wanted to prioritize saving over spending on trendy things that could be in trend one month and out the next. That comes down to the clothes that you wear. You know, if you're really, really on with the trends and I know there's fast fashion and there's cheaper options, but at the end of the day, like... If you're following the trends with everything and you're buying new clothes for every season and all this stuff, that's money that's just flying out of your pockets, flying out of your pocket. And you're not saving a big portion of that and then spending. It's going to give you, you know, buyer's remorse. It's going to give you anxiety. So the way that I really kept track of spending when I needed to budget was through helpful apps. And there's free apps that you can use. I don't know if they still have this app, but I use the app Clarity Money um, and the daily budget. So Clarity Money, you can often find this through your banking app. That's what I use now where it tracks it to track your spending. Sometimes it's fun to not look at what you're spending because you want to be in denial. But sometimes you also need a swift kick in the ass to say, hey, I'm not Bill Gates. Like, why am I spending this amount of money on uber eats on clothes on all these little things that add up you know it's not just the one coffee that you have but you're getting a coffee you're getting a croissant you're getting a smoothie you're getting this and that throughout the day 
and not really thinking about what you're spending money on. You're like, oh, I don't spend money on extra things. I don't have a Gucci purse. I don't have these designer things. But when you actually sit there and look at your spending tracked through an app where it's like, this is data and that doesn't lie, um, you definitely get a reality check. And that can be a really positive thing because you can say, okay, you know what? I've been kind of going crazy the past few months. Let me make a goal to like be super, super frugal. And the way that you do that is through the daily budget app. So what I did is I would set a daily budget for the amount that I was willing to spend every day. And what you do is everything you spend money on, you deduct it from that amount. And it's kind of fun. It's kind of like a game. You deduct it from the amount. Then you're actually looking like, how much am I spending on everything? And what's cool is if you don't spend the whole amount, it rolls over into the next day and so on. So it's rewarding when you do save a little bit and then you're like, oh, it's the end of the week and I save this amount. Maybe I will go treat myself because I'm still within my budget. Um, So that's a great, great app to use. Very, very helpful and keeps you on track. When it comes to saving money, it can be very, very distracting when there's a ton of ads coming your way on Instagram, you see a cute outfit or you see a car you like or whatever, and it can be very tempting. The thing with saving and changing your mindset about money is that after a while and after saving and having that discipline and feeling the comfort that comes with that, um, you start to not really be phased by those things. It's like, if I want to buy something great, but I'm not like dying to buy something, you know, like I don't feel that like intense urge like I used to. And it's really like more of a, of a kind of treat, but it's not, it's not putting a whole emotion into it. If that makes sense. We're so conditioned to hear retail therapy, retail therapy. We need to buy something to feel good. That is marketing. That's a product of marketing and it's been ingrained in our brains. But at the end of the day, change your perspective to I'm addicted to the comfort that I feel when I save money and when I work and I just save it and just keep your head down, keep your tunnel vision. In real estate specifically, it's very easy because you get um, lump sums. So you might get a 30 grand check and you're like, you know what, this deal was so stressful. I deserve like to spend five grand of it today. And I cannot tell you how many people do that and more than five grand. Um, But to be honest, like keeping tunnel vision and just saying, oh, I made 30 grand, let's save that um, and move on and keep working. That is kind of like the the mindset that I have. And that's not going to work for everybody. Of course, you need to celebrate your wins. But at the end of the day, not every single check needs to be celebrated by spending. Let's talk about a timeline to financial freedom and when to start implementing these ideas. So as, you know, growing up, everybody comes from different circumstances. Some people have parents that, you know, take care of all of their finances and they're still in their, you know, 30s and their parents are taking care of those things. They don't know much about money. There are people that have been self-sufficient since they were really young, like 15, 16 years old, paying all of their bills, paying their insurance, paying, you know, making their doctor's appointments, all of those things, and everywhere in between, and younger and older. So the point is, don't feel like you're behind if you don't have these things figured out yet, but understand that 
you know, I've seen it a lot. My friends, we all kind of gained our financial literacy at different points in our lives based on our upbringing and based on our dependency to our families and, and relationships as well. And the importance is just that you are prepared for anything. So if you were ever in a situation that you had to be completely independent one day and tomorrow you have to take care of everything yourself, it's not so overwhelming that, that it's out of your reach that you're like, how the hell do I do any of this? And the way to combat that is really knowledge. Knowledge is power. We know this, but knowledge is also confidence. Knowledge makes you confident in your decisions as a whole, not just financially, but financially it does make you very confident. I've been making these financial decisions for myself for a long time. So now I'm like, it's second nature. I don't look to my husband to help me, you know, how do I invest in this or that? Like I'm independent in that way where it's my decision, it's my money. So, you know, we are married, but we have separate accounts and I chose for it to be like that. I want it to be that way because I want to be able to control what I invest in. I don't want to ask my husband if I can go get my hair done or go get my nails done or spend a little bit more on something like I earn that money. You know, I don't want to ask for permission. Um, And that's a huge freeing thing. That's a goal in and of itself is just not having to ask permission to do the things you want to do. But with that comes working hard. You don't just get that and then doing nothing. You got to like obviously work for your money and we know this, but be consistent and have that goal in mind of, okay, I'm going to get to a point where I can make decisions about money. I'm the boss of my income. I'm the boss of my bank account. And I say what goes in that part of my life. And that can be really, really, um, that can really be a confidence boost, especially for women. Cause again, we're kind of told that that's taboo or that's not the norm. Or why isn't your husband paying for this? If you're having the kids and I've heard that a million times and, oh, well, you don't have to work because your husband is an attorney. And it's like, that's not our situation. You know, it's not like tomorrow I could say to my husband, oh, I'm not going to work anymore. You know, maybe I could, but I don't want to. (laughs) Like, I like to work. And it's almost kind of insulting when people say that because it's like, oh, whether I make income or not, it doesn't really make a difference. And that's not the case. So just understand that people are still coming to terms with these ideas. So people are not going to understand for the most part, um, why you're doing things the way you're doing them. If you are completely financial, I'm getting over a cold. So I keep coughing during this episode, but some people might again, see it as taboo, see it as not the way that they would do things. So they might judge you on that. Then the day at the end of the day, as long as you're not judging other people for their decisions, I'm never going to look at a woman that is a stay-at-home mom and doesn't work and has lived off her husband's income for her whole life with anything other than respect because that's her decision, that's her situation, and that's the way that she probably wants to live her life. And with her husband too, that's their business. That's not my business. But my business is, I feel like I have a duty to like share this information because... Being financially independent has given me so much confidence in my life. It has nothing to do with what I look like. It has nothing to do with anything like that. It has to do with my abilities and the ability for me to make that income, save it, 
and invested intelligently. In conclusion, I just want to give you some takeaways. My advice is to sit down with yourself, get out a notebook, and write down what you want for your life, what you want it to look like, uh, what you want it to look like financially, what you want it to look like spiritually, what you want it to look like with your relationship, and focus on those things that you really want because, again, you create your life. You create the trajectory of your life. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult sometimes. You're going to want to say, hey, this is not the easy way. I should just take the easy way out. And if you want to, do that. But at the end of the day, we have so much power within ourselves that we don't even realize until we write those things down, until we get really clear with our goals and what we want, and then you can legitimately do anything. I truly, truly believe that. I believe that in all of you, and I encourage you to move forward today. Think about your financial future. Think about what's going to make you happy, content, comfortable, and live a really beautiful, fruitful life. Have a great day. Love you guys. Thank you for listening, and follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Mari Juliet. Bye.